just a, uh, a few moments here, we are going to jump back into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're in our, our series called We Don't Talk About That. The thing that we don't normally talk about that we will look at today is what do our resurrection bodies look like, and what's that going to be uh, like at that point? And so we'll jump into that in a minute, but before we do, of course, I have to also wish every one of our moms out here a happy Mother's Day to you and maybe just take a moment to offer a little bit of encouragement today and then we'll dive back into our message and continue on with our series today but I just want to remind you today um, that, that the job that you do as a mom is so incredibly valuable and how blessed are we to have moms here with us today celebrating on Mother's Day uh, those watching online celebrating uh, with us and worshiping with us on Mother's Day. What a great privilege that is. And mom, I just want to remind you that you are making a difference. Whatever stage of life you may be in, whether your kids are little, grown, whatever the case may be, I just want to remind you, you are making a difference. And I repeat that because sometimes we need to hear that. Sometimes that needs to be repeated, right? Perhaps uh, you don't hear that often enough. And so certainly today of all days, we want to, to remind you of that uh, several times that what you're doing is so very valuable. I know that sometimes perhaps you may feel a bit uh, ignored, maybe underappreciated. Maybe there are times that you question, does what I do really make a difference? I feel like I'm pouring so much in and maybe um, this, it's, it's all going out and not as much coming back. And so today our hope and our prayer has been that our moms in particular would just really feel filled up today and would feel encouraged and, and specifically our prayer even before we gathered here was that the Holy Spirit would touch deeply every mom just deep within, in, within your soul and, and uh, remind you of just how valuable your, your role is. And we're going to get into, as I said a moment ago, 1 Corinthians 15 in a minute. Let me, I'm going to jump ahead to the very last verse that we're going to going to be in today because I think this applies here while we're providing some encouragement for our moms and I'm maybe taking this verse just a little bit out of its immediate context we'll get back more to its immediate context in a little bit but 1 Corinthians 15 58 says therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain so mom, I want to encourage you to place yourself into that verse. And let me read it that way. Therefore, moms, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And that's the biggest encouragement that, uh, that I want to provide for you today. Is just to remind you that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, I suspect there may be times when you're ready to throw in the towel. There may be days where you're like, I'm just ready to give up. <laughs> I've had enough of this. I don't want to deal with it anymore. I can't even go to the bathroom by myself. That's the one I remember when our kids were little. So I was like, I can't even go to the bathroom. They follow me everywhere. Uh, and then it, it gets a little different, you know, as they get older and maybe they're grown. And, but still, there are those, uh, those, those things we have. Maybe you're just ready to give up because you're tired, frustrated, not feeling like you're seeing the benefit or you know there could be a, another reason today on Mother's Day that you feel like giving up and that could be for some ladies maybe you're not a mom and wish you were 
Maybe that is a struggle. I've, I've not ever been able to have a family of my own, and so I get discouraged when I think about that. Maybe you've not able, uh, been able to, to bear children. Maybe you're single and you're still waiting for that, that, that life mate that God's going to bring you, but your desire is to be able to start a family. Sometimes it gets discouraging on that front as well. Perhaps for some, maybe the reason that you feel like you're ready to give up is because you are mourning the fact that your mother's not with you anymore. And maybe for some, perhaps this could be the first year without a mom or it's still fairly fresh. And that's hard on Mother's Day when you're thinking about somebody that you've lost. And so there's some difficulty that comes with that and some grief that comes along with that. Uh, a lot of different reasons that, that we could be mourning. For some, maybe, maybe it is that the relationship with your mom isn't what you wish it were. And so that can be a difficult thing. So certainly it's a day that we celebrate, a day that, that we are uh, you know, lifting up and encouraging moms. But it's also a day that we recognize that there's some, some challenges sometimes that come along with this day as well. So let me speak to our guys for just a moment, husbands in particular. Let me encourage you to do everything you can to encourage your wife today. And certainly if your mom is still living, your mom too. But, but specifically your wife. Uh, look for opportunities to encourage her, to serve her, find out what, and by the way, this isn't just a today thing, right? But find out what you can do to kind of lighten the load a little bit, maybe speak those words of encouragement that are needed, but whatever it may be. I'm just going to tell you this. I think any mom would tell you that a heartfelt expression of gratitude is more significant than any gift that she's going to receive any physical type of a gift. So take advantage of that today and uh, let your, your, your spouse, your, your mom, uh, know how much you appreciate her. And speaking of heartfelt gratitude and how much we appreciate our moms, before we continue on, can we just express that by giving a round of applause for our moms today? Would you join me in doing that and just expressing how much we appreciate them? Because you do so much for us. So thank you so much for that, and we just want you to be encouraged. And, and by the way, we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but let me just remind you again um, that, that we would love to bless some of our moms with a little gift card today. So don't forget to text in, uh, send that word mom uh, to the number that you, that you t always text here, and uh, we, we'll, we'll see uh, who's going to win those at the end of the service today. But let's jump into, get back into our passage in 1 Corinthians 15. If you want to open your Bible with me there, we're going to start in verse 35 here in just a moment. But uh, let me just remind you, last Sunday we started in 1 Corinthians, well, I guess two Sundays ago we did the very first couple of verses, but we really jumped in last Sunday to the discussion of the resurrection. And we talked about how the resurrection is so much more than just some concept or idea. It is a crucial part of our faith. And so much of what we believe uh, as as Christians revolves around this belief that Jesus literally rose from the dead, that he's alive, and, and, and still today we are worshiping a risen Savior. Verse 19 says that if only for hope in this life, if that's all the hope that we have, then we are to be pitied more than anyone else. But the good news is that that's not the case. So we talked about how Christ is alive, what that does for our faith. Today, what I want us to do is to continue on and look at, okay, what does this look like for us one day? So let's pick it up in verse 35. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life until it, unless it dies. 
When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds have another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is of one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another, and star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Now let's stop there uh, just for a, a moment and, and kind of jump in here as we see in the passage today. It's reminding us or giving us a picture of what we have to look forward to. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, here's what I find. There is a lot that is clamoring for my attention right now. In fact, I'm going to be real honest with you. I, this morning, it's been kind of just a, a crazy whirlwind the last day or two. I'm fighting being distracted. There's a lot of stuff that's on my mind right now. And, and, and that's just life, right? That's how we live day to day. It's hard for us to think about some future type of a thing like the resurrection and what will it be like and when we're dealing with what we're dealing with right now. So can we just agree that for the next 20 minutes or so that we have together, that we're going to intentionally just push some of those other things aside, take a deep breath, kind of refocus here a little bit, and, and let's just kind of move into this realm of what is it going to be like one day? And let's be encouraged by what we have to look forward to and, and how encouraging that, that will be. So a couple of things that I see uh, in the rest of this chapter that give us some insights into what our resurrection bodies will be like. And the first one is, is simply this. They're going to be totally different. <laughs> Thankfully, right? <laughs> They're going to be totally different. There's a, there's a lot of, of difference. Verse 37 reminds us that when you sow a seed, that is just a seed. It's not the actual body that will come, but it's just a seed of that. And then verse 40 talks about the fact that the glory of Heavenly bodies and the glory of earthly bodies are not the same. Now, it could very well be, by the way, just a bit of hermeneutics here. If you don't know what that word means, interpretation. Interpreting Scripture correctly is important. It could be that verse 40, when it's talking about the difference between heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, it could be talking about heavenly bodies in the sense of things like the sun, the moon, and the stars that he talks about in verse 41. That's one way to understand what he means. But, but because he's talking about things like, you know, animals and fish and different types of... I think when he talks about the difference between a heavenly body and an earthly body, he's actually speaking about the difference between the body that we have right now on earth and the body that we will one day have in heaven. I, I think that's the direction that he's going. And he's making the point that they are different and that they differ from one another in splendor. Now, the, the earthly body, the human body that we have does have its own splendor. I mean, it, it is remarkable what the human body is capable of doing. In fact, I did not know this, but I just discovered this week. Did you know that every second your body produces 25 million new cells? Every second. 
That means that in less than six minutes, your body produces more cells than the entire population of the world. And that's, that's pretty remarkable. The body is able to do remarkable things. Did you know that if you were to take all of the blood vessels inside your body and line them up end to end, it would wrap around the globe more than three times? That's, that's amazing. God has made our physical bodies right now with a certain level of splendor. And it points to our creator. It points to the majesty of our creator. And so we can appreciate the splendor of our earthly bodies. However, every day when I look in the mirror, I'm reminded that the splendor of this earthly body is getting less and less by the day. They wear out. These bodies that we have that God has given us, I mean, it does point to his creativity and, and uh, just how remarkable he is. But I'm thankful that, that we will one day have these heavenly bodies that have a different type of, of a, a splendor. And I don't know exactly what our heavenly bodies will be like. We're going to jump into some things that we're told in this passage. But let me just share with you and my, um, you know, kind of maybe wishful thinking how this is going to work. I don't know if our bodies are going to continue to look the way that they do, if they will look the age that they were uh, when they gave out. But if they do, what I'm really hoping for is an Uncle Drew kind of a situation. Now, if you don't know who Uncle Drew is, you need to go look that up on the Internet and find out who Uncle Drew is. But it's this guy that looks like an old man, but he's able to, like, dunk on people and do all kinds of cool stuff like that. So... In my mind, that's how I envision it happening. You know, my body might look old, but it's going to be like Uncle Drew. and I'm going to be able to dunk on people for the first time ever. And, you know, at least a guy can dream, right? So that's how I envision it in my mind. But one thing that we do know is that our heavenly bodies will have a different level of splendor. In fact, we're, we see the difference and we see how we move and progress from where we are now to what they will be like. And we're given several different things. Let me point them out to you uh, here, starting in, in verse 42. One thing we see is that our bodies will move from perishable to imperishable. The older we get, the more we're reminded that our bodies are perishable, right? And they are starting to, over time, they will begin to break down and they will begin to perish. And some of them will last longer than others. But nobody's body continues on forever. Our bodies are perishable. And it's encouraging to be reminded that one day that's going to change. Isn't it remarkable to think that, that one day we're going to have a body that won't age and that won't you know, begin to break down and those kinds of things. Second thing that we see here, it says that our bodies move from dishonor to glory. Move from dishonor to glory. Now, what does it mean when it says that our bodies move from dishonor? Because didn't we just make the case and didn't it just say that there is a certain level of splendor that our bodies have? So when it says that, that our bodies are currently in dishonor, it's not uh, taking away from God's creativity and the, the majesty that we see in the way God has created our bodies. I think it's making this point, this word dishonor. We should use that or we should view that as a reference to the impact that sin has on our physical bodies. And the reality is that these bodies that we have are marred by sin. 
And as a result of sin, there is dishonor. As a result of sin, we, we function with our bodies. We use our bodies in, in ways that dishonor God. Because that's the impact that sin has. But the day is coming when our bodies will be transformed from dishonor to glory. That word glory is the word doxa. It is a word that you see to refer to the glory of God. And so what it's saying here is that, that we will radiate or reflect the, the glory of God in a unique way once we receive our resurrection bodies. Another thing that we see here is that our bodies move from weakness to power. There again, you know, there are times in our lives where we feel like our bodies are very strong. And certainly there are things that we can do to impact that. You know, we do have some level of control over the weakness or the strength of our bodies. And, you know, things like uh, proper nutrition and exercise and sleep and, you know, taking care of our bodies. I mean, th th that, that matters and it makes a difference. But you can do all of those things to the absolute best of your ability. And by the way, I, I saw many of you, you, you know who Darren Woodson is. You uh, play for the Cowboys. He spoke at an event we had uh, that, I'm, that I'm part of on Friday morning. The dude's my age, and he stood up to get on the stage. I'm like, my goodness, he looks like he could play football right now. I was very impressed. 51 years old and looks really good. But I'm going to tell you, even somebody like that who takes care of their body to the nth degree is going to break down eventually. Our bodies do have weakness in that they cannot keep going forever, and yet someday that will change. Here's something I like to think about. Isn't it cool to think that once we get our resurrection bodies, our resurrection bodies, let's say we start over, you know, as far as our aging goes. So we start fresh with resurrection body. When we are 150,000 years old, our bodies are still going to be as strong on that day as they were the first day we got them. Isn't that cool? We are going to have these bodies that do not wear out. They don't get weak anymore. Uh, I mean, we deal with that, right? Some of you are dealing with that right now. Uh, we are dealing with that in our family where there is illness and, and things that impact the body. And, and it's difficult and it's hard to deal with those things. But praise God, the day is coming when we won't deal with it anymore. One day, our bodies will just be strong because... They they're, they're receive their, their final form that doesn't wear out. Last thing I, I want to point out about how our bodies will, will be here is that our resurrected bodies one day will be like the resurrected body of Jesus. We, we see that here, and then we see that in the rest of Scripture as well. For example, in Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Now, isn't that amazing? Isn't that cool to think that our bodies are going to be transformed to become like the body of Jesus? And so that kind of took me down this path. Well, what do we know about the body of Jesus? One thing that we do know is that it retained some of the similarities from his previous body. And I'm talking about post-resurrection, right? Because Jesus is resurrected. His body is obviously different post-resurrection than it was before. However, it still had some of the same characteristics. He still had the, the nail scars in his hands. He still had the hole in his side. So some of those things were the same. But there were some things that were different. 
Have you ever been a little bit puzzled when you read the, the, the resurrection accounts and you find out that people don't recognize Jesus? Isn't that interesting? Like Mary, for example, says that she, she, the Bible says that she thought he was the gardener. She didn't recognize him until he spoke her name. Then she realized who it was. Luke chapter 24, the, the travelers on the way to Emmaus are having a conversation with Jesus, but they don't know it's Jesus. It says that they were kept from recognizing him, but it seems that there was, was some uniqueness there. Now, again, we don't know exactly what all that was, uh, but we do know that the full godness of Jesus was on display post-resurrection in ways that it wasn't before. For example, when the disciples were meeting behind closed doors, behind locked doors, and Jesus just showed up right in their midst. Apparently, he could walk through walls. I don't know what's exactly what's going on there. Now, I don't know, and I don't want to build a theological case around a verse that says that our bodies will be transformed to become like Jesus. But there again, if you want to allow me to dream a little bit, the idea of being able to walk through walls, that's pretty cool, right? To be able to show up, and here's where my twisted mind goes, because I like to mess with people. I like to scare people. Can you imagine how much fun it would be not to just have to lurk behind a corner, but to actually just walk through the wall and show up in a room? That'd be awesome. My poor wife has to deal with this kind of stuff all the time. And not just from me. She's a, a teacher up here at, at our preschool, Gateway Preschool Academy, and Amanda Puckett, who's our, our director of the program, her son, Bennett, goes to school across the street at Smith. He comes over whenever he's done with school. He walks over and waits for mom to finish up, and then they go home together. But he started this thing a while back where he tries to scare Sean anytime he can, and he loves it. And y'all, I, I'm going to let y'all in on something, and it works, by the way. I'm going to let y'all in on something. My wife is so easy to scare. It's almost too easy sometimes. However, I'm going to let you in on something else. Sweet as she is. She'll get you back. And one time, she got Bennett back. It was the greatest thing ever. She came into my office, and, and there was a, uh, I don't even remember why I had it in there, but I had this old, scary, creepy, like old man mask in my office. Sean grabs that mask, hides behind the stairwell waiting for Bennett to come in from school. She thought, he has scared me so many times, I'm going to get him back. He comes in, she pops out from behind the stairwell. I didn't see this. I wish I had seen it, but she just described it to me. His eyes get this big. He falls to the ground, literally falls down, and then just starts pushing like crab walking backwards, runs into his mama's office, and crawls underneath the desk. <laughs> now, you would think my dear, compassionate, tender-hearted wife would feel guilty, but no, she celebrated for days and days to come. So I don't know. If we're now, that's a little rabbit trail my mind went down, but I don't know what it's going to be like if we're going to be able to walk through walls. If we are, I have a feeling there are going to be some serious practical jokes being played on one another, uh, but our bodies are going to be like the body of Jesus. And uh, what, what a cool thing to think that we'll be transformed, that, that we will be different. Here's the second thing I want to point out to you is the fact that we will be transformed instantly. Let's pick it back up in verse 51. Verse 51 says, listen, I'll tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the imperishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. 
When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great reminder there of the fact that, that when this happens, it's going to happen just like that in an instant. We are going to be transformed. Now, obviously, when he's talking about those who sleep, that word sleep is a euphemism here for, for death. And so he says not everyone is going to die. There are going to be those who are still alive when Jesus comes back. And it says that, that they then will be transformed in an instant. So if you and I are still living at the time that the trumpet sounds and Jesus returns, our bodies in just a split second will be transformed into this future resurrection body. But those who have already gone before, he, he speaks to that. Because that certainly is a question that we should ask is, well, what about those who die? And it says that, that they will be raised imperishable. So they will be raised with this new resurrection body. Now that, that raises a question for me. And the Bible, we can kind of piece together some answers, but I don't know any place that just directly gives us an answer to this question. But I'll share some thoughts, that, some scripture that, that would lead us toward a conclusion. But the, the question is this, what happens to our bodies when we die right now? Let's say we die but we're waiting because it says that that final body is raised imperishable at the time the trumpet sounds, which is talking about the return of Jesus. So what about that time in between the time that we die and the time that Jesus returns? What then? And again, I don't know that there is a definite answer or a specific verse. It just gives us the answer. Uh, but here's what we do know. 2 Corinthians 5.8 talks about how being away from the body is to be home with the Lord or be present with the Lord. I believe what that verse is saying to us and what we see even elsewhere in Scripture is that when we die, we are immediately transported into the presence of God. Hebrews 9.27 tells us that we are destined once to die and then to face judgment. That means that that when this life ends, we will stand before God. And I don't think that's something that happens, you know, that waits. I think it happens instantaneously. We stand in the presence of God. We will face judgment. That judgment is one of, will we spend our eternity in the presence of God in heaven? Or will we be separate from God forever in hell? Which of those two will be true? And you know how that is determined. It's not like a lot of people think. It's not determined by whether we were good or how much we did that was right or wrong, and God doesn't have a giant scale where he weighs the good, and if the good outweighs the bad, there, there's, there's really only one way for us to know that we will spend eternity with God in heaven. I had uh, somebody come look at our air conditioner on Friday, a guy that I've known uh, from years gone by. I actually haven't seen him in many, many years, but I remember that he had a company, and I remember that he was a... Uh, good guy and seemed to, to, to really treat me right in the past. So I called him up and he came out and we were having a conversation this Friday afternoon and he's talking a little bit about his faith. And I said, well, let me ask you just the most important question is this. Suppose you were to die right now. 
stand before God, and God said, Wesley, why should I let you into heaven? What do you think you'd say? And I had hardly gotten the question out. And, and by the way, based on his background, I did not expect this answer. I thought I was going to get a different answer. This was his answer. He said, because my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, because I have a relationship with Jesus. That's why. That's a, and I said, that's exactly right. That's the right answer. You know what I expected him to say was, well, you know, I've been a, been a pretty good person. I'm involved in church. And, you know, I expect him to give me a list of the, the things that he's done that would qualify him because that's the way a lot of us think. Um, but he gave the right answer. And that's important for us to understand that when we stand before God, the only right answer is that I don't deserve it. But Jesus took the payment for me. Jesus has already paid my penalty. That death penalty has been paid in my place. I put my trust in Jesus, and I'm trusting in, in, in the grace that I've received through Christ. That's my only hope. And, and I'll tell you this right now, that's all you need. Well, we'll stand before God and, and uh, face that judgment. But then um, that raises one other question, just real quick, that I'm not sure we have a definite answer to, but I'll, I'll give you my best uh, in, informed, biblically informed opinion here. What about that time? If we're in the presence of God, we haven't yet received our resurrection bodies, are we just kind of a soul floating around in heaven at that point? I mean, what, what does that look like? Revelation chapter 6 verse 9 is given, you know, in Revelation we have all these pictures of, of heaven and it says, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the soul's of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. Okay, so these people refer to a soul. So you might think, okay, does that mean then there's, there's no body associated with that? Well, it doesn't say specifically, but two verses later, listen to Revelation 6.11. It says, then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. Here's my point in that verse. They were given a white robe. Now, what do you do with a white robe? If you don't have a body to put it on. So my opinion is that, that we do have some form of a body. That when this life ends and we immediately are, 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 are transported into the presence of God and we face judgment, there's some type of body that we have. It's what some people might refer to as an intermediate type of body because I also believe from what Scripture teaches, this is not the final resurrection body because what we saw in this passage is that when the trumpet sounds... The dead will be raised imperishable at that point. So those bodies come back uh, together. Which, by the way, sometimes people also ask the question, what about somebody that's cremated? Whatever. Don't worry about that. Listen, if God can bring this body back together, he can bring back a body that's been cremated or torn apart or whatever the case may be. So don't, don't stress over that. Don't worry about that. But the point is that, that God will give us, at that point, this final resurrection body. Now, all of that is, is, is cool to think about. And... Some of it is speculation, some of it we don't know for sure. But, but let me just come back to what really matters based on all of this. And let me read for you one more time verse 58, which is what I started out with as an encouragement for our moms. But this is our encouragement for every one of us. Therefore, in light of all this, the resurrection, the fact that we have something to look forward to beyond where we are right now, therefore... My brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's pray together. 
Lord, I, I pray today that, that, in, that just the reminder of what we have to look forward to does cause us to continue to stand firm. Causes us to continue to pursue you with all of our hearts. Lord, help us to do that. And Lord, specifically, I do pray for moms today. And I pray for encouragement. I pray, Lord, for strength and peace and joy. And Lord, for each person. Help us to take whatever step we need to take in order to make things right with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.